latest news. To his left on March. Emil Heskey, could it be five? Yes, it is! Debates. Balotelli, Aguero! I swear you'll never see anything like this ever again, so watch it! Drink it in! Opinions. Jordi Albert, Lionel Messi! This is the Talk is Football podcast with your host, David Chanel. Mella, lovely cushion header for Gerard! Oh, beauty! What a headshot! What a hit! Ladies and gentlemen, Welcome back to the Talk Is Football podcast um, with your host David Chanel. Um, yes, it has been nearly a month since our last upload on this channel. So a lot has happened um, in football. A lot has happened in football the last month or so. So we are not going to cover everything because this podcast will be hours long if we did. Um the reason we haven't uploaded it was it was Christmas. I think it was the week before Christmas, the last upload. Then my computer decided to give up the ghost on Boxing Day. Yep, they just completely gave up the ghost. So I needed a new hard drive and that took time to get going. So we're finally back up at running, got a computer working and we can finally get back to uploading this podcast twice a week. Um, coming up on today's show, that's enough of me rambling on and why I've not been away. I hope you had a good Christmas and I uh, hope you had a good start to the new year. It's been hectic this end, so that's enough of that. Um, going ahead to this episode coming up, Adam. Adam is back. It's been a while since we've heard from Adam as well. Adam is here to give you a full rundown of what's been happening in Spain in the past month. Plus, he'll give you a quick preview of the La Liga games coming up this weekend. Plus, I am here as well to probably just give you a very quick preview of the Premier League and EFL games coming up because I know Adam has got a big segment lined up. So this podcast will be mainly Adam and La Liga rates. Um, La Liga base, so if you like La Liga football, you're in for a treat. So we'll start off, I might as well start off here with the Premier League fixtures coming up this weekend, starting off with Watford versus Tottenham. I will qu- it'll be a quick preview of all the leagues of the Premier League and the EFL, just because Adam's got such a big segment to cover. Watford versus Tottenham is the first game that happens Saturday in lunchtime at Watford. Watford in a very good run of form, unbeaten in the last five, four wins out of five, one draw. Nigel Pearson has really galvanised this Watford squad and has gone playing some really good football and it looks like they are moving away from this relegation battle very, very quickly indeed. Tottenham uh, struggling really, uh, came up short against Liverpool last weekend um, but majority of teams come up short against Liverpool this season so it's nothing to be ashamed of um, there's only eight points between the two teams that could be five points believe it or not if Watford pick up all three points against Tottenham could you imagine that the season Watford have had to be in five points of Tottenham is absolutely crazy I've gone for a score draw on this I don't think Tottenham will have enough to beat this informed Watford team Plus, I don't think Watford will just have enough quality to beat Jose Mourinho's Tottenham. So, I've gone for a score draw. Move across to the three o'clock games. You've got West Ham versus Everton. David Moyes returned. Um, David Moyes returns to against Everton. Um, tricky game to call. West Ham, bit iffy at the minute. You don't know what to expect from West Ham. It is a bit the same with Everton. Um, Everton have one defeat in six. They've hit a good... A little bit of good form, so who knows with Ancelotti. It'll be interesting to see how this one goes. I've gone for an Everton win. I think Everton will just nick it. Very slight indeed. Up next, we've got Arsenal versus Sheffield United. A very intriguing game there. Sheffield United 6 6, sixth in the league. Arsenal mid table in 10th, four points in it. 
Sheffield United could move seven points ahead of Arsenal with a win at the Emirates. And don't rule out Sheffield United at the Emirates. Sheffield United this season away from home have been absolutely outstanding. One defeat all season, and that was to Liverpool away from home. So do not rule out this Sheffield United team to get something from Arsenal. And I think they will. I think they'll pick up a point. Arsenal have started to play some good football. Um, Arteta's started to find his rhythm at Arsenal, but I think a good one-all draw between Arsenal and Sheffield United is on the cards. Moving across to Brighton versus Aston Villa. This is crucial. Massive game at the bottom of the table. Aston Villa desperately needing the points. Brighton as well. If they can get a win, they push them further away from that relegation battle, which is absolutely brilliant for Graham Potter. Um, I've gone for an Aston Villa away win. I just think Aston Villa need this. They need to start picking up points. Um, they've got such a talented squad to be in the position they are in. So, I've gone for Aston Villa to nick it. Just up next, you've got Manchester City versus Crystal Palace. It's only one winner on paper in there, really. Um, Crystal Palace were the only team to beat Man City at home. Uh, the A had last season. You could bring that into consideration. Um, Palace, three draws on the bounce. But Man City, they can't afford to drop any more points pretty much all season. They've got to win the rest of the games to have any any hope at all to get back within touching distance of Liverpool. I don't think they will. I don't think the title's gone. I think that was gone at Christmas. But a Man City comfortable win here. I've gone for a 4-0 Man City to beat Palace. Up next, you've got the two teams, rock bottom of the Premier League, Norwich versus Bournemouth. And wow, this is absolutely crucial for Norwich. They are quite far adrift from safety at the minute. They're eight points from safety. They're six points from Bournemouth in 19th. Um, but Bournemouth been a bit on a free-throw recently, really struggling to find some form. Eddie Howe's coming under a little bit of pressure, which is surprising. But this is massive for Norwich. I've gone for a Norwich win. I think Norwich will have enough to beat this injury-wrecked Bournemouth squad. And it'll be a scrappy game, but I've gone for Norwich Norwich 2-1 win. Moving across to Southampton versus Wolves. Intriguing game. Southampton, very good form at the minute. Four wins in the last five Seem to have finding their feet. Danny Ings is scoring the goals. They're moving up the table. They're on the same points as Arsenal, believe it or not, with 28 points. They're only four points off Wolves in seventh. So, very good game. This could be uh, a St. Mary's. have gone for a Southampton win. I think they'll continue their fine run of form and move up to the top half of the Premier League. I've gone for a 2-0 Southampton win. And the half-five game on Saturday, you've got Newcastle versus Chelsea. And... Pretty hard one to call. Chelsea not the greatest against the so-called lesser clubs, the smaller clubs. Um, I think they get the job done at St James's Park. I've gone for a two-one Chelsea win. And two games on Sunday got Burnley versus Leicester. Leicester desperately need the three points just to keep up the pace with Man City. Um, Burnley away is never easy, and they're struggling at the minute. Lost, lost their last four games, so they're desperately needing to end the rot of defeats. But I've gone for a Leicester one-nil win. And the final game on Sunday, it is a big one. It is the biggest game in English football, arguably. I know Adam might disagree with me on this one, but arguably the biggest game in world football. It's Liverpool versus Manchester United at Anfield. First versus fifth. Liverpool running away the league. League's done. Honestly, you can I've said it here in seventeenth of January, but the league is done. Liverpool are champions, let's face it. It's not gonna they're not gonna let this slip, are they? They've dropped two points all season. Two points all season in twenty one games. It's absolutely incredible. The best start to any of the Europe's top five leagues in history. It just says a lot about this squad. Um the only team to drop points was Manchester United but this is at Anfield this Liverpool team that is different gravy and I honestly can't see anything else than a comfortable very comfortable Liverpool win I think they can make a statement in this game 
I think United just haven't got the quality at the minute to compete with the players Liverpool got. I've gone for a Liverpool 4-0 win. Yeah, Liverpool to beat Manchester United 4-0. That's how much of a gap there is between these two teams at the minute. So, what a game to end the weekend. Liverpool to beat Manchester United by four goals to nil. Before I over hand over to Adam, I might as well quickly go down the Championship League 1 and League 2 um, and just quickly roll off the game. So tonight in the Championship, you've got Fulham versus Middlesbrough. Then tomorrow, you've got QPR versus Leeds, Sheffield Wednesday versus Blackburn, Swansea versus Wigan, Birmingham versus Cardiff, Bristol City versus Barnsley, Derby versus Hull, Huddersfield versus Brentford, Millwall versus Reading, Preston versus Charlton. And on Sunday, you've got Nottingham Forest versus Luton Town. In League One on Saturday, you've got Accrington Stanley versus Southend, AFC Wimbledon versus Peterborough, Bolton versus Portsmouth, Doncaster versus Coventry, Fleetwood versus Shrewsbury, Gillingham versus Oxford, Lincoln City versus Blackpool, MK Dons versus Sunderland, Rotherham versus Bristol Rovers, Tramier versus Ipswich, and Wickham versus Rochdale. I'm going down to League 2. Bradford versus Scumfort, Cambridge versus Stevenage, Colchester versus Macclesfield, Crew versus Cheltenham, Forest Green versus Salford City, Grimsby versus Exeter, Newport versus Swindon, Northampton versus Morecambe, Plymouth versus Mansfield, Port Vale versus Leighton Orient, and finally, Walsall are home to Crawley Town. And that is my segment I've tried to keep it as short as possible because I know how much Adam has got coming up so yeah without further ado let's hand over to Adam who is here with the recap of La Liga and Segunda that has happened in the past month we ain't spoke to him for ages so Adam over to you Y acaba la derecha para Xavi, asistencia de Xavi, mezcla para Messi, para Messi, 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 Ancara 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 um, but the Copa del Rey would have thought that not just me that's, that's pushed for it a one-legged format, many's pushed for it, would have thought that we'd actually see upsets and it'd be an even better competition. There's still issues with it, draws being seeded, like Segunda B sides, four of the eight that went through, were guaranteed to play one of the four teams from the Supercopa, which was Atleti, Valencia, Real Madrid, Barcelona. Uh, still think that's an issue. Um some games when you play on plastic pitches when you could play them at other venues. I mean, that's an issue. Um, let's just have an open draw out there to England. In England, the cup's dying because for me it's too cooperated. Um, but in Spain, the Copa del Rey has been brought back to life. That's the only thing you can praise Ruby Alice for because taking the Super Copa out of Spain to Saudi Arabia is just not for me at all. Um, Badalona as well. 2-0 home to Itafia on a plastic pitch as well. I mean, Badalona, Segunda B, so basically third, third division in Spanish football, um, knocking out a Premier team. So it's like a League One team, David, putting out a Premier League team. Um, obviously, a League One team in England on a plastic pitch. But nevertheless, full credit to Badalona. Um, Ibiza as well had to play the postponed first round time midweek, and then they had to play at the weekend at home to Albacete. A Segunda side as well, Ibiza only formed in 2015, so barely five years old. Knocked out Albacete on penalties. <laughs> Albacete were in the playoff semi-finals to reach La Liga last season. But obviously got knocked out to <laughs> Mallorca. It's just a fantastic competition. Uh, culturally in as well, Segunda Bay, putting out Wesker, who were in La Liga last season, they're now in Segunda. It's just, I mean, Marbella. 
played at home to Vidal, did well another Skunda B side against Merseyside, took them always penalties, missed the first two penalties and eventually went out. While Granes as well, another Skunda B team putting out Cadiz. Cadiz probably won't lose too much sleep, to be honest. Uh, he's a bit of a pain in the copper, to be honest, for Skunda side, especially when you're Cadiz and you're up there. Um, and you're in that position where you're top of the league, I mean, you're going to prioritise, really. Um, Villarreal as well, they struggled. Really, really struggled. And it just shows you that over a one-legged format, there can be shots in the Copa del Rey. We saw it in the first round, we see it in this round, and we'll see it in the next round. I'm actually convinced, to be honest. Um, maybe we won't, maybe I'm wrong with that. I do, I do think we will. It's just a feeling I've got because there's some good ties in the next round. And it's a one-legged format, so anything can happen. Other two legs, it's easy for La Liga sides to get out of trouble with the second leg coming up. Um, and I've never, I've never ever really liked that, to be honest. Um, because you just know that the better side is going to go through. Because you've got the second leg back up, really. Um, it's going to be side against Mary again, Villarreal. Only just going through, I mean, <laughs> absolutely incredible. And that's with a full strength side as well, Gerard Moreno, having to score two goals. Um, he scored, put them in the lead on 72 minutes, and then they conceded. And it took two minutes left in extra time, Gerard Moreno, to step up and avoid penalties. And penalties in the lottery, so anything could have happened. Real Mercy as well, and the falling giant, beaten by Leganes 4-0. <laughs> Not ideal. Also, soon had a scare as well. Um, so it, it just shows, David, that a one-legged format, it works. Obviously, there's still even problems with the um, Copa del Rey, but I would say Spain, in Spain, things go slow, and it's progress. Um, obviously, there's things I would improve, like I say. But to Sarah Division side as well, that's like a, like a fourth division team, League two team in Spain, England, sorry, equivalent, um, nearly putting out a Primera side. So it's it's incredible, but also sooner come through in the end. 1-0 down in the 76th minute, equalised. Then Jimmy Avila, brilliant last-minute winner. Otherwise, that will go next time. Four divisions. <laughs> to Sarah Division against Premier, it's absolutely incredible. Yes, like I said, there's still teething problems. I don't believe things should be seeded. But then again, I'd flip it over. I mean, we're going to come on to the draw in a bit. Um, but Ibiza getting, obviously, we know who they've got. I'll discuss that in a bit. They're not going to win the Copa del Rey, let's be honest. Um, people say it. It being seeded, it's going to affect the Segunda B sides getting a long run in the cup. Yes, there is an argument to that, but there's also an argument to the argument I would put forward. They're not going to win the Copa del Rey, so give them a bumper payday by getting a Barca, Real Madrid, Atleti, Valencia. <laughs> because, and to be honest, Segunda B sides, they've got a long season as it is as well, and that's without possibly playoffs as well in June. So the Copa as well is a pain to them sides. They do want to go through, obviously, because of you get to that third round like we are now. Super Copa de España side's coming in. Your Bars, your Real Madrid, your Atletis, your Valencia. It's a big, big payday. And clubs like that, man, it means a lot to them. But we're going to move on to the draw for the last 32, third round, basically. These will be played next week as well, Tuesday, 21st of January. Wednesday, 22nd of January. Thursday, 23rd of January. We don't notice the hours and the kickoff times yet. Um, but we'll start with that one. Ibiza, Ibiza at home to Barcelona, or as we would say in England, Ibiza at home to Barcelona. Four thousand five hundred that stadium holds in Ibiza as well. Um, absolutely incredible. Obviously, a one-legged format now, so Barca can't send the kids. And uh, it'll be a full-strength Barca side. Big, big payday for Ibiza. Absolutely brilliant for them. Um, yes, they'll go out. But they got to the third round, and for a Segunda B side, that's incredible. 32 teams left. We've only got six Segunda sides left in. We've got eight Segunda B sides, so the third division is performing better than the second division in the Copa del Rey. Yeah, Ibiza will get smashed, probably. <laughs> I don't think they'll care. The payday they're going to get is massive. They've got plans for a new stadium as well in the future. They paid for the place as well to get into Segunda B. Half a million, that cost them. The owners have got serious plans for the club. They're a club on the up. Um, at the moment, they would finish currently in the playoff places. Um, obviously, even if you win your division in the second beat, it doesn't mean the matter is still going into them playoffs. So, um, 
They've got a chance of being in second division next season as it stands. Lagranes, at home de Valencia as well. Um, again, that's a reward for Lagranes <laughs> getting through at the weekend as well and beating Cadiz against Valencia. It's likely to be a lot, lot tougher to say the least. Cultural Leones as well, beating Wesker there rewards at home, a tie home tie against Atleti. And another great story as well. After beating Deportivo La Coruña as well. Yeah, they're struggling in Segunda, but what an incredible achievement for Salamanca. Um, Union Deportivo Salamanca originally, they went both in 2013. And then we saw the Union Istas de Salamanca founded in that year as well. And they're fan owned. <laughs> fan owned. It looks back to Ibiza as well. They're barely five years old and playing Barcelona at home next week. Absolutely incredible. Um, there is a talk of the Salamanca game being moved. They're playing certs are going to be as well. So, uh, I mean, their absolute reaction. It just reminds me when you see teams in England as well going crazy to get in you know, a Manchester United or whatever, and then they're in League One. So it's great to see them scenes actually alive in Spain because over a two-legged format, you just don't get that excitement. You're playing Real Madrid on your own turf. Possibly it could be moved, but you're not playing in the Bernabeu. It's a one-legged game. It's just... You can believe a bit more. They've probably got no chance, let's be honest. But it's very, very exciting for them. The game is probably going to be moved. Um, it's basically 4,000 held. It's just the sound around by a running track. It just is what annoys me at like Copadori as well. It were okay for them to play there against Deportivo, but because one of the big boys, Real Madrid's in town, they're on about moving it. Um, there is a stadium next door. It's all seated, 17,000, so hopefully they can play there, but there's talk of it being moved. Now, like I said, it does make him. Why not just... It's okay to play against Deportivo. I understand it's Real Madrid. They've got massive amount of press that want to come as well. You've got a lot of pe- a lot of fans that you can cram in. But moving it to City Zamora as well, it's just, that's just not for me at all. But we'll soon see. Um, anyway, that is the Supercopa de España side's draws. Ebro home to Leganes. Badajoz, who knocked out Las Palmas against Eibar. Badalona against Granada, the third consecutive tie for Granada away from home. And again, on a plastic pitch. And it does cause injuries. You only have to ask Granada about that one. And they knocked out with Taffy as well, Badalona, so that'll be tricky for Granada, but it's a tie they can get through. Uh, the oldest club in Spain as well, Huelva, Recreativo, Huelva, nearly went bust as well. Home to Sooner, Rio home to Betis. Um, potential for a lot of off-the-pitch trouble there as well. We're not going to go into ultras, left-wing, right-wing, etc. on this podcast, because <laughs> we're discussing Copa del Rey, and I don't condone any violence either. Miranda's at home to Celta Vigo. Tenerife against Real Valladolid. And that's in Tenerife as well. So there's a chance for an upset there. Girona at home to Villarreal. Elche at home to the Athletic Club Bilbao. Real Zaragoza at home to Real Mallorca. Sevilla at home to Levante. Probably an easy, easy progression for Sevilla. And given Espanyol's troubles down the bottom, I don't think the Copa del Rey... <laughs> will be of much interest to them, especially in a way tie against Real Sociedad. Even with a full strength team, I wouldn't trust them there. Potential upsets for me, I think Badajoz against Eibar is a potential upset. I think Rio against Betis, Betis should have too much to be honest, but you never, never know. Randers home to Celta, given Celta's struggles down the bottom, that's a potential as well. Tenerife against Real Valladolid. Again, potential upset. I think Real Zaragoza could quite easily get the better of Real Mallorca. Real Mallorca, terrible away from winning La Liga. And Real Zaragoza are up there in the Segunda and Avcagabar as well. Elche against Athletic Club about not really. You never, never know about a one-legged game, as I keep saying. But that's the Copa del Rey draw, guys. It's been brilliant so far. There will be shocks next week. I may be wrong with the shocks that I've predicted. Or the games I've highlighted that there could be shocks in. But they'll be shocked next week, absolutely. And I can't wait for it. Obviously, if the Segunda B-sides, just about giving your best, giving it your best shot, and it's that bumper payday at full time <laughs> on the day after when you're counting up the cash, really. But it's absolutely incredible. And it'll be televised as well, um, some of these games. So 
in Spain. So even more money for the Segunda V sides. Quick little update on Espanyol. Obviously, um, they decided to sack Pablo Machine. I do like Pablo Machine. I said on the podcast, I always believe in his ways. And I be- and they were showing good signs. I mean, they won at Levante the first few weeks of his reign. But after that, his system's good. I like it. I like his playing style, his 3-5-2 system. But the players he had just couldn't get accustomed to it. They weren't set up for it. And he stayed stubborn and stubborn and stubborn. He wouldn't come out of his own system, even though the players he had didn't suit that system. And that was his downfall, really. They brought in Abelardo. I mean, Alavaz were in a similar situation to uh, Espanyol are now. And he come in and just <laughs> absolutely turned them around. They ended up surviving comfortably. He nearly got them in the Europa League as well in his last season in charge. Great, great manager. Loves his 4-4-2. They'll play that way. They're going to spend a lot of money in January. They've already signed Raul de Tomas as well, former of Real Madrid, and he's been alone at Rio. And he scores goals. It's a great signing. €20 million Euros on one striker shows you that Espanyol are going to go for it and try and stay up. Four points off safety, 11 points after 19 games. The second half of the season is huge for them. I think they're going to strengthen, like I say, and I think the players that he doesn't want to play in the Liga, he'll probably play against Wolves with the two legs. I think it would be very, very foolish... Plus, any improvement they make, it'd be foolish to try and go for it against Wolves and play a full-strength team in both legs and then potentially even get injuries or whatever. It's just not worth it. I mean, any investment they make, they need to maximise it and get results very, very quickly. They can stay up, I think, partly because Celta are not really convincing. Abar a bit worrying. Leganes are probably the side, I would say. Leganes and Espanyol are like the most likely to push and get out of it and put pressure on here by Celta. Alavesi via lead. Um, my walk away from home is not consistent enough with the going down. I've said that enough times on this podcast. Just, you know, can't win away in La Liga, you're in big, 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 big trouble, basically. It's as simple as that. Um, there's only one way you go in and that's down. So, that's a quick update on Espanyol. Another second in La Liga, but I am confident Abelardo will not only improve them as well as the players they've got, there's going to be a lot of investment. You've already seen it around Thomas. He's a goal scorer. Guaranteed he'll get goals for this side. Um, so if you like any time, score a bet, David. In games that Espanyol are winnable, winnable for them, you won't be looking at him. But yeah, he'll stick to his 4-4-2 system and I think they're more likely to throw away the Europa League now, to be honest, as well. But it's a great appointment from Espanyol. Disappointing to see Machine go, but if he'd come out of his stubbornness and realised that his system wasn't quite working for the players he had. He could have tweaked things in January in the transfer window, but no, he's not been given a chance. He's sacked. Abelardo comes in. That's the news we had over the winter break as well. Don't really want to spend much time in Supercopa de España. Obviously, it's led to the sacking of Alverde, which we'll come on to. Aleti bet Barcelona, and Real Madrid bet Valencia quite comfortably. Ended up Real Madrid beating Atleti on penalties um, in the end. Trippier, the only player to score in the shootout for Atleti, an English player. So they can take penalties. Um, but yeah, Real Madrid won the Supercopa de España. Played in Saudi Arabia. Zidane wins nine out of nine finals. He's played he's been in nine finals with Real Madrid. He's won the lot. And he's won 10 trophies as well. In his both, both his spells. Um, absolutely incredible achievement. <laughs> They've won the first Spanish trophy this season. The joint top with Barcelona. And Suarez is out for the season as well. So Real Madrid, looking at Copa del Rey and La Liga and thinking a domestic treble is more, more than achievable. And obviously 18-1 to 1 as well now, not 10-1 to 1 to win the Champions League, 18-1, to 1, I think that's a lack of respect. I've never seen Real Madrid a solid defensively. They defend as well as they've done this season under Zidane for at least five years, maybe even a decade we can stretch it to that much. Absolutely incredible. And they, and they can win even when they're not playing great. I mean, look at Taffy after the winter break. Itafi could have been one up. In the end, Real Madrid can defend, like I say. Solid in defence. And they didn't play that well. I thought they were pretty poor in patches. 3-0 win. They can still win and keep clean sheets even when they're not playing well. And that's a massive, massive strength for Real Madrid. And Fede Valverde as well. I see that uh, he's foul on Morata. Stopping him scoring in the end of extra time as well. I mean, <laughs> that just tells you. I mean, that was trending. So people who've never heard of Freddy Valverde probably know about him now, but I've said it on the podcast 
And the art will eventually get to a lot, a lot of people on social media and you'll hear about it, David. Incredible player. 21 years of age still as well. He's a future of this Real Madrid midfield, along with Odegaard as well. On paper, and with the young talents coming through, I've always said Real Madrid have got the best squad in Europe. The Premier League's got a lot more money in the league size, but Real Madrid, <laughs> in the future, they're not going to be bothered by it because the young talents they've got already, the young talents they're already looking at signing as well, nobody's going to be <laughs> affecting them too much, really, because I, I think man for man, they've got the best young talents in Europe. Football's a game of opinions. People will disagree with me. People will agree with me. But, um, but yeah, absolutely incredible. He's a great, great player. <laughs> Energy, everything. His passes are incredible. And he's only 21. He's only going to get better. He's only going to get better. I just hope he can start. I think he probably will start against Manchester City as well, depending on injuries as well. Um, he played 4-5-1. Obviously, Bale and Benzema didn't travel. Jovic, a bit isolated. But the 4-5-1 worked. It's got him another trophy. And Valverde were part of that. Absolutely incredible. Valverde will be world-class. He's well on his way to being world-class already. Just absolutely incredible, to be honest. And, um, yeah, even if Odegaard's rushed back next season, I would give him another year, another year as I've already said. I really thought he'd just let him develop. Um, I think he just needs it. But uh, you've got Kubo as well at Mallorca. I could go on and on and on. But, um, yeah, Real Madrid look very, very exciting for the future. And Zidane, Real Madrid always win finals and they always win finals under him as well. And he'll be treating this Copa del Rey very, very seriously. I know he wants the Liga a lot, but a domestic treble, <laughs> what a way. Even if they do fail in the Champions League, they don't win it. I do think they've got a chance. Um, I did to Barcelona at the start of the season. I've got to stand by that and I will stand by it. Even with Suarez out for the season. What a mess they had, even though, to be honest. But when they come on to Barca next. But yeah, things looking very, very rosy for Real Madrid right now. That is for sure. The time is over for Ernesto Valverde at Barcelona. Um, I've warned of this for a long, long time and not one bit surprised that it's come before the end of the season. I'm surprised it's come after a meaningless Supercopa de España. Usually people are bothered about it, but being outside Spain, pretty meaningless. Nobody's going to lose too much sleep, really, like Valencia or Barca or Eti that they're out. From Eti beating Barcelona with a bulk of the team that's gone six months ago, Simeone getting them into another final. Brilliant for Simeone and that team. Um, but yeah, Barcelona are in a mess. Suarez out for the season. There's, and I don't think personally they're going to win the transfer market and rush and get somebody. I think Griezmann will play in that role as well. You've got Dembele coming back. You've got Perez who can play on the flank. And Zufati. But Suarez out for the season is not only a big, big blow to the Champions League hopes, but it's a huge title blow. Even though Griezmann up front now, it's the time to shine. He's not on the plane on the flank. He's going to be up front as a striker. It's definitely his time to shine. He's got to step up. There's no doubt about it. But yeah, Valverde... <laughs> Too cautious. I think that, that that's one of the main reasons as well why they struggled so much away from home. He's a good manager. He was good at Athletic Club about as well. I like the blog. He's a good blog, but he's always just <sighs> nearly sent me to sleep listening to him in interviews. Just so, so dull. And he wouldn't inspire me as a player. He really, really wouldn't. Um, he's never been a great defender anyway before he even come in to Barcelona as a defender of their style. He went away from that Barcelona tiki-taka. Yes, you can say Barcelona fans are still deluding themselves and that tiki-taka can work again. And they can go back to them Guardiola days under a different coach. This squad is ageing. It's not as mobile as it was in midfield. So, And they've gone for Kike Etienne. Now, great at Las Palmas, great at Real Betis. He's upset a lot of managers in La Liga. I'm telling you now, and that's what I didn't like about him at Betis as well. After games, when he lost to sides like Leganes, Taffy, oh, they shouldn't play that way, and oh, they couldn't play our way, and just because he lost to them, grow up, man. Have some respect for other sides. And it disappointed me because he went last Palmas as well, a small club who were underdogs every week, most games, in the first season they come up. Just have some respect. You've been there before anyway, with lesser budgets, 
And then he slagged off at Letty as well. I don't like where they play. Well, maybe they don't like, don't like where you play, Tiki Taka. <laughs> just have some respect, man. I mean, if you do that at Barcelona, they're not going to be happy you upsetting the clubs either. He's a great manager. I'm not convinced he's ready for top level, personally. I mean, Busquets, Messi, they loved him when he's. Yeah, he might have bet him, but they loved, love his style of play. I think the players have had a massive, massive involvement in this appointment because it's a huge, huge gamble. No, no experience in Champions League, no experience at a top club. Yeah, his playing style's good, but what a huge gamble this is. And I've always said, showed it at Las Palmas, showed it at Betis against teams that come to play and sitting deep, play at your own ground, he's had no plan B against sides who frustrate. And you're going to come up against that in every game with Barcelona. Yet, it's fair to say on the other hand as well, on the flip side, that he's never had to manage a squad as good as Barcelona's. I mean, the ability, the skill set, technical ability is far greater than the squads he had last Palmas and Betis. Um, nobody can predict how what he's going to do I mean this is either going to go brilliantly or it's going to go absolutely horribly wrong for Barcelona I am surprised they gave him a two and a half year contract as well especially with the elections in 2021 I mean one of the candidates is already going to run with Xavi as the next manager so, uh, and then he asked Javi and he said, no, he doesn't get on with the current board and he's already supporting the candidate in the elections. So he, he's no real, re- there's no real surprise, sorry, why he's not took the job. He's not going to affect elections. He, they want the current board out <laughs> with the candidate he's supporting. Um, Suarez out as well for the season. It's not great for any coach coming into that. I still believe the number nine, best number nine in the world. Um, yeah, he's not been great this season. But uh, Messi's not looked happy under Valverde either. Yeah, they'll come out and publicly back him. What what, what, ex- what else would you expect a player to do? Oh, no, we don't like this coach. He's, he's rubbish. Get him out. They're not going to come out and say that. No chance. But Messi's behind the scenes. I think Messi and a few number of players have had their say. I mean, look at Busquets. After a game against Real Betis, he actually signed a sh- Barca shirt for Kik Setien. Basically saying, we'll give you a hug. Um, we admire the way you play. I mean, it seems to them there's been a lot of pressure on the Barcelona board as well from Barcelona fans who want Setien. Obviously, a lot of them Barca fans are social media fans. They don't actually live in the city and go every week. Uh, they might go once a season, if that. Um, they are kidding themselves a bit. I don't believe Setien, to be honest, personally. That's not to say he won't do well. I'm not saying that. I think it's hard to predict. Just not that lack, lack of plan B, the lack of respect he has when he loses to little teams compared to Barcelona's size. <sighs> he's not a top-level coach, no experience. No, there's no... He's got the potential, I mean, if if he can get the players working. I mean, I expect him to bring some players in for the B team, give them chance as well. We should see a better De Jong, a better Messi, a better Griezmann. Um, but we need to see what he does against teams who press Barcelona. I mean, his style's going to take a while, I think, to adapt into this team. He's not had a pre. He's not going to have a pre-season. I mean, he's straight into La Liga, Copa del Rey, Champions League games. <laughs> it's a massive, massive gamble from Barca. He's a great, great bloke, Setien. I don't think he lets himself down, like I've just mentioned in press conferences about the smaller teams that he loses to. I hope. It... <laughs> I'm not. A... Not a big fan of Barcelona, I'll be honest. Um, this thing will be my bias podcast. I hope he does well, though. He's a, he's a good bloke. I'm just not so sure. That lack of plan B, I mean, we've seen it last Palmas and Betis. But like I say, on the flip side, you, you can turn him around and say he's not a, a squad to manage as good as Barcelona. Fair enough. But I just can't wait to see him in a Champions League tie. And in Clasico. And, oh, it's going to be fascinating to watch this Barcelona team evolve under him. I mean, if you expect him from day one or the first few matches, his style is just going to be like straight on Barcelona, you're going to see it instantly. No, you're deluded. You might see it in patches, but it's going to take a while for him to implement it. But it's an aging team. 
It's an immobile midfield. Busquets is in deep, deep decline very, very fast. I wouldn't start him in the Euros. I'd take him for his experience, but no way would I start him in the Spanish midfield in the Euros. <laughs> no chance. He's in a rapid decline, but let's not forget he's, he's still a great midfielder. Um, De Jong, I can't wait to see De Jong as well under Setien. Messi will look much, much happier. I think he's going to come to life now. But he can't do it all himself. Griezmann, he's going to be brilliant. He has to step up. I'm convinced he will as a striker. <laughs> Just a shame it's come before a game against Granada, really. Um, but it is what it is. I think it's bad for Real Madrid. But then again, no Suarez for this season. The coach has unproven it in a top, top job at a big, big club. Real Madrid don't need to really worry about Barcelona. So me, Real Madrid, La Liga was theirs to lose anyway before Setien come in and Valverde was sacked. It's even more theirs to lose now. It's even more theirs to lose once Suarez's news come out that he was injured for the rest of the season. Real Madrid desperate to get La Liga this season and get it won. So is Zidane. I think I think they'll do it. I really do. I don't know about the Copa del Rey because it's, it's sandwiched in between that Champions League. Yes, there's breaks, etc., etc. I don't like the Copa del Rey either. That there's a month break. There's first leg and then the second leg's a month later. Then semi-finals are going to be <laughs> an extremely strange, to be honest. Um, but yeah, I've had very leads with four trophies. Won two La Ligas in his two seasons. Um, a Copa del Rey, Spanish Super Cup. It's not too bad. I mean, he didn't lose many games in the Champions League, but just too cautious. Too cautious. Been against Barcelona style, I mean, first season were brilliant, but after that, fan support absolutely dwindled. I've seen today Barca board coming out and saying, um, we believed with light set end style for a while. Um, we've seen the, the, the dynamic in the team could be improved. Told Valverde yesterday as well, it could be improved. Um, we've known for a long time the dynamic could be improved. Well, yeah, absolutely. You're absolutely, absolutely stupid. You're absolutely stupid. Then, I mean, already on this board is shambled. Barcelona's running in just a chaotic way. Valencia, though leggy in that Copa del Rey final, deserved to lose. Fitness levels were so low, I was very, very concerned for Barcelona. Anfield were a disgrace. Rome, season before, an embarrassment. Absolute embarrassment. Tactics Anfield, rather than go for that away goal and try and hurt Liverpool, and they could have. They could have. They could have scored at Anfield at least once or twice. Easy. Probably they were conceded. Um, too cautious in that game. That got initiated Liverpool straight away. He should have been sacked after that. He could have had a board meeting to decide on his future at Rome season before, after that debacle. He should have been sacked after Anfield. They could have got Setien or a top-class coach. Setien's not a top-class coach yet. His style's good. He's a good bloke, good manager. But he's not proven it top level yet. Um, he should have been gone after Anfield. A good board, a strong board. Should have been sacked. Should, should have been sacked at Anfield. Okay, Messi come out. But like I just said earlier, the players aren't going to come out and say this manager's crap. When do you ever see a player in real life to come out and say this manager's crap? Get rid of him. Not going to happen. They're not going to do it. They might criticise his tactics in public. Some players, as some of the coaches that they've got at the clubs, they might say they don't like his tactics. You've seen it before, but they're never going to come out directly and say, "Look, I'm not happy with that." Get his manager out. Messi's not the type of guy anyway to set stuff like that anyway. I'll make slag tactics off. I mean, Pique's not been great this season. He's too bothered about owning Andorra and bloody Davis, Davis Cup. He's having a bother like that. He's playing for life after football. He's been terrible this season. By his high standards, he's been brilliant last few seasons. But now he should be going after Anfield. A good board, but this board's weak. Absolutely weak. It embarrasses Barcelona as well in an international level. It embarrasses them. They ran absolutely chaotic. New elections. I mean, elections next year, we're going to see a new president and probably a new coach. Um, these are claws anyway um, for a new president to get rid of Setien, so you reduce the chances of a big, big payoff for him. But um, I honestly thought he'd be a B-team coach when I found out about until the end of the season. When I find found out about Setien, I thought it'd be until, end, until the end of the season, but phew, two and a half year contract, that's, that's crazy. That is absolutely crazy. <laughs> he could be sacked in the summer if things go horribly wrong. I'd like to see what he can do in the window, though, and what he does to freshen this side up. As Suarez plays the last game for Barcelona, possibly. 
I believe he may have, but it depends. There's a new coach now. He's not getting any younger, but Bar- there's no secret Barcelona looking to replace Suarez anyway. Um, so he could have played his last game. It's another knee injury as well, another knee injury. So patience will be thin on the ground on that one. He's not been that fantastic away in the Champions League either, but then again, Valverde, terrible record away domestically and shocking in Europe. You wouldn't have backed... Barca's got an home leg in the second leg against Napoli anyway, so even a poor away performance and crap tactics from Valverde again on the road, Barca could have turned it around at home. Um, but you was... Although if it was the other way around, you wouldn't have, you wouldn't, you would not have you would not have been surprised if Barca would have gone to lose that tie under him. Um, but under and it's his first Champions League game. <laughs> Absolutely incredible. Um, obviously, I've got to stick with my um, predictions. Bad at season, we all have. You, I don't believe you can change them. I wish I could. <laughs> no Suarez till the end of the season. It's an absolute mess at Barca. There's no Valverde. I mean, even, even under him, I'd want to change it. Um, I still believe they can win it. Champions League, you don't have to be great. I mean, look at the teams of recent years. Real Madrid, some of the times that they've won it, they've not been the best team in Europe, performance-wise, that season. They've got lucky refereeing decisions, etc., and draws. There are some tough draws, though, in some of the seasons they've won it. Um, but no, I mean, I mean, when Chelsea won it that season, they weren't great, were they? So you ain't going to be... This is the thing with the Champions League. You haven't got to be the best team, really, on on paper. Or on the pitch. You get a bit of luck. You catch a team on an off day. A few mistakes from that team. Bang. And you one mistake over two legs. That could be it. So, you never, never know. Um, Griezmann, Messi on the pitch as well. And Messi on the pitch, you've always got a chance. But back onto our Barcelona's run. I mean, what a shame for Messi. We're going into his last few years now. I mean, what a way to throw him away, really. Barcelona, it could have, Barcelona and Messi together could have achieved so much more in his last few years. They still could. But the last few years, they've already wasted. Already. It's just a shame. Having a weak board and a pathetic board like that, really. But yeah, Valverde's out at Barca and Setien is in. Do a quick preview of the La Liga games this weekend because obviously it's going to be a long podcast with my segment alone anyway, so I don't really spend too much time on this and extending it much further. Um, Friday night we start Leganes against Itafe Batake at Madrid Derby. 8 o'clock UK time kickoff. I fancy Leganes to just edge that one. Um, and then on Saturday we've got Levante at home, 12 o'clock 12 UK time. Tricky game to predict. I'm going to go for the home advantage, the home advantage just to edge it. But it could easily be a draw. Real Madrid against Sevilla. I think Real Madrid will win that one. Osasuna against Real Valladolid. I think Osasuna on home turf will win that for sure. And then Aleti travel to the Basque Country to take on Eibar. I think Aleti will probably just ball that to death for that game and win it 1-0. Sunday, the free game on free sports on Freeview. 11 o'clock UK time, Mallorca against Valencia. You never know with Valencia they could go and lose this. But I do think they'll win. Um, Real Betis home to Real Sociedad I think that'd be fantastic full of goals I think both teams will probably score I think Real's a little cracker could go either way but I am just going to go with home form home advantage sorry Villarreal at home to Espanyol they've only signed Rado Thomas that's the only change I've had obviously coming in that's another change um, his first game in charge I do though think Villarreal beat Espanyol. Athletic Club Bilbao at home to Tel Vigo. I think Athletic Club Bilbao win that. And Barcelona against Granada. Kike Setien's first game in charge. I think Barca, to be honest, will win. But Granada's not really been hammered this season by anybody. Um, I do think they'll put up a fight. Again, I think Granada will probably sit in deep as well. Defend deep. So, it'll not be the easiest opening game for Setien. He doesn't really like the smaller sides, so to speak, with Granada coming to sit in deep. Um, and as, as I mentioned, <laughs> he's got a lack of plan B. But yeah, I do think Barca just about to win that one by two goals, maybe. Um, for this weekend and next weekend in La Liga, it is free for all Sky 
TV viewers in the UK. Doesn't matter if you've not got a sports package, it's free to everybody, free to all Sky TV subscribers. Channel 435, that's 435. It's La Liga TV HD channel, it's free to all Sky TV subscribers, so you can watch every single game in La Liga free of charge for the next two weekends, this weekend and next weekend, excluding, of course, the three o'clock UK time game on the Saturday due to the blackout rule in this country. Um, so you can't watch Real Madrid Sevilla, but you can watch the rest of them. So, especially you, David, definitely trying to take advantage and watch some La Liga games. Not obviously not including the top teams, if you're wanting to get a better idea of the league. Uh, but definitely try and catch as many games as you can, guys, including you, David, over the next two weekends. Because it's a real treat for UK viewers. And it's back on Sky as well for the next two weekends. So, enjoy, guys. I'll be back on Monday's podcast. Monday's- Choose this podcast, sorry, um, to look at what happened this weekend in both Aliga and Segunda. We haven't had time to preview the Segunda this week and obviously look forward to them Copperdale Ray ties on, on Tuesday's podcast as well. So thanks for listening, guys, and I'll see you on Tuesday's podcast. Thanks a lot. Adios. Thank you very much, Adam. That is, ladies and gentlemen, our first podcast of the new year it really is the first podcast of a new of the new year um we're back we'll be back to two podcasts a week now tuesdays and friday so make sure you tune in on tuesday where we'll be recapping the games in la liga and segunda and the premier league and the efl plus all the breaking news that happens within the next few days so good it's good to be back um hope you enjoyed it like always please show us appreciation go on podfollow.com forward slash talk is football and all the platforms you listen to your platform um podcasts are on there um youtube as well so make sure you subscribe and like us on youtube and yeah we will see you on tuesday for another episode of the talk is football podcast